Welcome to the Inside the Hat podcast. Uh, this is going to be segment one of this episode, and I'm recording this on Sunday before the first round of games begin. And I'm going to start off with my week four pick because that's what we do now every week. Uh, for my first game, uh, I'm going to go back to Thursday night because I made the wrong pick already. I'm already 0 for 1. Um, I... I I picked Green Bay, just like everybody else picked Green Bay, and uh, um, apparently the Eagles, um, they, they, I don't know what they are. I really don't know what they are. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers, for the first time in his career, kind of choked, but at the same time, he didn't have an offensive line like the whole time. So, Philly wins that game um, on Thursday night at Lambeau. Um, I don't know how that happened. I'm 0 for 1 already, so that's great. It's a great start to the week already. That's, that's just, yeah, that's great. Um, first game, other than that, I have Seattle at Arizona. I have my Cardinals beating Seattle. And this is going to be a weekly thing where I pick the Cardinals every week because I'm a homer. And it's not going to work. But um, I have the Cardinals beating Seattle today. I think the streak ends. I think the streak ends of Seattle beating the Cardinals at home. <sighs> hopefully. 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 Hopefully I'm right. Hopefully I'm right. Uh, in that game, my bold prediction... It, okay, I'll go back to my Green Bay and Philly uh, bold prediction because I do that every week too. I said Aaron Rodgers would uh, throw four touchdowns. Nope, that didn't happen. Um, that's fine though. For my Cardinals in the Seattle game, I had David Johnson. I have David Johnson scoring two touchdowns. I think that's actually a possibility. Um, I don't know if that's very bold because it seems like he seems to get a touchdown every week now. Um but he's really struggling, and he's not the same. So I think, too, uh, could be difficult. So my next game, I have Cleveland at Baltimore. I have Baltimore winning the game. I think Baker Mayfield is going to be really amped up from the Rex Ryan comments this week. But I think Baltimore still gets the best of Cleveland. And I think it's going to be close. I think this will be a close game just because of the motivation uh, for Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Uh, my, my pick for bold predictions is going to be, I think Hollywood Brown has two touchdowns. Uh, the secondary for Cleveland has not been very good, and I think they exposed that this week. And I think Ho- Hollywood Brown has two touchdowns. And then we have the easiest pick of the week, which I probably don't even have to really get into depth. Chargers Miami. Uh, Chargers win. So, yeah. Chargers are going to win for sure. Um, let's say over-under Let's say 31 points. What do you guys think? Over or under 31 points for the Chargers in this game. For my bull prediction, I have Austin Eckler. 200 total yards. I think that's a possibility. Melvin Gordon is going to play limited snaps, but I think Austin Eckler will take advantage of the Dolphins' poor lack of aggression and talent and just run all over them. And then we have... Kansas City at Detroit, Patrick Mahomes, first game in a dome, everyone's going crazy, oh my god, he's playing in a dome for the first time in his career, oh my god, no wind, yeah, 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 we, we get it, we get it, Patrick Mahomes, MVP, blah, 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 shut up, um, Chiefs drop 40, that's my bold prediction, in a win against Matt Stafford and the average Detroit Lions. For my next game, it's Carolina at Houston. Oh my God, Kyle Allen is the next second coming of Jesus. 
right? That's a that, that's what everybody says. He's supposed to be the next Hall of Fame quarterback, apparently. But no, I I definitely don't think. That, I think any rational person would think Kyle Allen's definitely not going to be insane this week or for any stretch of the imagination his whole career because he's not that good. And the Cardinals played a really bad game last week. So, I have Houston beating Kyle Allen in the Carolina Panthers. And I think by a lot. I think the Houston defense is going to be really good today. Destroy Kyle Allen and the Panthers. And my bold prediction is Deshaun Watson has two rushing touchdowns. Because Kyler Murray ran all over the Panthers last week. I think Deshaun Watson takes even more advantage of it, runs for two touchdowns, and a win against Carolina. Then I have New England at Buffalo, and this is Buffalo's time to shine. This could be a week where they take advantage of the, of the Patriots being cocky and catching them off guard and absolutely punching them right in the teeth and stealing a win from the New England Patriots. With that being said, I still have New England winning, but in the back of my mind, I think Buffalo has a serious shot to win this game. It, it, it's kind of like a, a meme at this point, that uh, the Buffalo Bills. But to be honest, I really think they could win this game. I think it's very winnable. Um, just because I think you could, ca- you could catch the Patriots napping and just steal it from them. But um, we'll see how that goes. Maybe the first half is close, and then New England kind of pulls it together in the second half and makes it, you know the game that most people think it's going to be, and the Patriots will run away with it. Uh, my bull prediction is Josh Allen throws three picks. My next game, I have Indian Oakland. My boy Jacoby Brissett is going to light it up again, and this time beat Oakland. Last week, I'm a, I am let everyone know I'm, the, I'm a huge Jacoby Brissett fan, and I think he does it again this week. I said he would throw for 300 passing yards last week. This week, my bold prediction is he has three passing touchdowns in this game, something he doesn't do very often, but I still love the way he plays, and he gets the job done, and they win against Oakland. Next game. This is going to be <laughs> this is gonna be a bad game. Uh, the Giants and the Redskins. Um, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Uh, very pretty, but I have the Giants beating Washington. Washington's a complete mess. They're terrible, and it seems like they've given up already. Um, I think Evan Ingram has two touchdowns. I think Danny Dimes going to check it down to Ingram a lot today, and he's going to score two touchdowns in a win over the Redskins. We have another really bad game. Uh, Tennessee and Atlanta, they're both trash. They're both awful. They're both terrible teams. But I think Atlanta's at home, so I'm going to give the edge to Atlanta because they're the home team. Um, this is going to be one of those games that I think is going to be like a a, a 16 to 13 game where Matt Ryan throws four interceptions, but he also throws, you know, for 400 yards. But he only throws for like a touchdown. But 150 of those yards, which is my bold prediction, will be to Julio Jones. And uh, I think Atlanta wins over Marcus Mariota and the struggling Titans. And I think this is going to be the week where Mariota struggles enough to where the Titans have to bring in Ryan Tannehill. And that could be the end of the Mariota era in Tennessee. That's also a bull prediction. I'll I'll throw one in there too. I think Tannehill plays uh, a role in this game. Next we have another 
Really bad matchup. Um, similar to the Chargers in Miami, I think. Rams in Tampa Bay. <laughs> the the Buccaneers are a really bad team. They're they're not good. Jameis Winston's really bad. I think he he obviously holds on to the ball for the longest time. And I think Aaron Donald finally breaks through today and absolutely demolishes Jameis Winston the whole game. My bull prediction is Aaron Donald has three sacks and that one of them will be a strip sack as well since Jameis Winston has hands of bricks and he'll just lose the ball. So the Rams, I have them winning big over Tampa. And then my next game, we have Minshew Mania, round two, Gardner Minshew against the Denver Broncos in Denver. I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars pulled this one off as well. I think it. I think... This whole energy from Gardner Minshew carries on. I think Jacksonville takes one from Denver in mile high. Uh, I think Gardner Minshew is going to throw three touchdown passes. That's my bold prediction. Book it, Jacksonville over Denver. And my next game. This feels like a classic. Kirk Cousins walks into a game and stinks it up. Absolutely just is horrible. This is going to be your classic Kirk Cousins imploding disaster game. This is what this is. Most people are going to have Minnesota winning this game. I have Chicago winning it because I personally think Kirk Cousins is going to have his classic game where he throws three or four interceptions and and then they're just they're done. Because this Bears defense will easily take advantage of Kirk Cousins and how poorly he plays. My bold prediction is the Bears force four turnovers on the Minnesota offense. Chicago takes this one at Soldier Field against Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings. Next game, Sunday night football tonight, Dallas at New Orleans. Um, I have Dallas winning this game. I think this is going to be a close one as well. Um, I don't know. After what I saw from Teddy Bridgewater last week, I was really encouraged. I still think the Saints are a good team, but I think Dallas is going to take Advantage of Teddy Bridgewater being a quarterback rather than Drew Brees. And I think Dallas wins this one at New Orleans on Sunday Night Football. My bold prediction, though, I think Michael Thomas will have 10-plus 10, 10 receptions because I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in this game to try and keep up with uh, the Dallas offense. Because this New Orleans secondary has been really bad this year. Um, I think Dallas is going to throw the ball a lot. So I think in order... For the Saints to keep up, they're going to throw the ball to the best receiver possibly in the NFL, which is Michael Thomas. 10-plus receptions for Michael Thomas, but Dallas wins. Then tomorrow night, Cincinnati at Pittsburgh, possibly the worst matchup of the entire week, uh, considering we have two winless teams. They're going to, one of them is going to get their uh, first one of the season. Um, both prediction, one of these teams will have a win after this game, um, or will not be... Never mind. Never mind. It was an attempt at a joke and it didn't work. Okay, just relax. It was bad. I get it. My real bold, my real bold prediction: Joe Mixon, a hundred rushing yards, two total touchdowns. Because I think, I think they take advantage of the Steelers early. Um, I think they get up early, so I think they just run the ball a lot, run out the clock. Mixon ends up getting a hundred yards. Two touchdowns total because he is being used in the passing game as well as the rushing game. Uh, I think Cincinnati wins 
at Heinz Field on Monday Night Football. Okay, so there's my bold predictions and my picks for this week. Now let's get into my fantasy lineup, my all-team fantasy, first-team all-fantasy, however you want to call it this week, where I pick my fantasy starting lineup of a player at each position and a starting lineup for fantasy that I believe will be the best at each position. This week, since it's Miami, I'm going to do this every week. Whoever's playing Miami, there's going to be a heavy amount of those teams' players in this lineup. I try to stay away from it, but it's just dumb if I if I don't do it. So at quarterback, I have Phillip Rivers. Obviously, any quarterback who's playing against Miami is going to lose their mind. Dak did last week, and the week prior, um, Tom Brady did as well. So I have Phillip Rivers doing that this week. Um, at running back, I also have another Chargers running back. I have Austin Eckler, who I believe is going to have an insane week at running back because he's been on fire, and this is going to be even better because it's Miami. It's a great matchup. Austin Eckler goes off against Miami. At running back, I have Joe Mixon because I think they're going to run out the clock against Pittsburgh. I think he ends up picking up over 100 yards rushing, a couple touchdowns. Joe Mixon is in there at my running back spot. Then I have Devontae Adams at the wide receiver spot. And I, I was definitely right on this pick. Um, he had 180 receiving yards on Thursday. So really, really good job by Devontae Adams. I'm glad I picked him because this Eagle secondary was banged up and they aren't playing very well. So I picked Devontae Adams. He did his job. My next receiver, Julio Jones against Tennessee. I like Tennessee's defense, but they throw the ball so much in Atlanta that um, I think... I think Julio Jones gets the best of Malcolm Butler in this defense. Uh, I think he goes off today. At my flex, I always pick a one running back and one receiver that you want to use at your flex position. Um, for my receiver pick, I have Amari Cooper going against New Orleans because Marshawn Lattimore's allowed the most reception yards by receivers this year so far in the NFL. I don't know what's happened to this dude. Marshawn Lattimore has fallen off a cliff since his rookie year. I think Amari Cooper takes advantage of it and goes off once again this week. My other one is going to be Christian McCaffrey, simply because I think they just utilize him a lot with Kyle Allen as a backup. Um, look for Christian McCaffrey to get a lot of touches in the receiving game and rushing as well. I think Christian McCaffrey has a really good week. Then for my defense, I picked the Rams strictly because I didn't want to pick the Chargers once again. The Rams have a really favorable matchup against Tampa Bay. I think Jameis Winston throws a lot of picks. I think he fumbles it. Rams get a lot of points this week. For my kicker, I have Greg Zerline with the Rams just because I think the Rams put up a ton of points against Tampa. He's going to be kicking a lot of extra points. So Greg Zerline will be my pick for kicker. And now tight end. It's the Cardinals. They're my favorite team. We get it. They can't cover tight ends to save their life. I have Will Disley going off this week against the Cardinals because they can't cover tight ends. Will Disley will all of a sudden this week become Tony Gonzalez, just lose his mind, have a couple touchdowns, maybe over 100 receiving yards. Will Disley is the pick this week. Um, for my, So I did my fantasy finds for last week, for this week. Um, I'll kind of give an update on that. Um, I had Gardner Minshew as the guy you need to pick up. I also have Wayne Gallman as a guy, DJ Chark, Will Disley, Indianapolis defense, and Zane Gonzalez. So those are my guys that you need to pick up this week. Um, we'll see how that works. Obviously, I gave you guys the heads up on this last week so you could actually pick the players up before the games, but I'm saying this before the games 
because, uh, or right before the games, because just to kind of so I can recap it on on uh, after Monday night and just give a rundown on if they were a good pickup or not, um, and then make my new round of guys that you should pick up for the next week. So anyways, this was the first segment of the Inside the Hat podcast for week four. I will catch you guys on Tuesday with segment two. So for this, now on to segment two. Alright, so we're in segment two of this week's episode, so I'm recording this one on Tuesday, the night after Monday Night Football uh, for, for Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh, and so now I'm going to get into the reflection of week four, and so I'm going to give you guys my record for this week. Last week, I believe I was 12-3 and three, uh, with my pick on this week, I was 6-9, and nine, so not as well as I did last week. Um, but they can't all be home runs, obviously, so, uh, my total record now is at 18 and 12, so not bad, it's a winning record, um, a lot of the stuff that I picked obviously didn't go right, um, I feel like I didn't do much of a deep dive as I did last week within deciding, like, who's gonna win each game and why, uh, the ones I got right, I'm not gonna say the ones I got wrong, cause there's obviously too many, but, uh, the ones I got right were the, uh, Chargers versus Miami, Kansas City versus Detroit, New England versus Buffalo, New York as in Giants versus uh, Redskins, Jacksonville at Denver, and then I had Chicago versus Miami. Correct. So those ones I got. Those are the ones I got right. Um, my bold predictions this week I got two. I believe last week I only got one. And once again, Jacoby Brissett is involved. And I got my Jacoby Brissett bold prediction right once again this week. Last week it was 300 passing yards, which he got. And this week it was three touchdowns. So he did have three passing touchdowns against Oakland. Wasn't enough for a win. But once again, my boy Jacoby Brissett, the franchise quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, came through and fulfilled my prediction. My other one was that the uh, Patriots were going to have three interceptions, which they did. Uh, They actually had four. So they did more than what I thought they were going to do. Or at least I didn't think this was going to happen. It's a prediction. But um, I said three, they got four. So safe to say the Pats defense is legit. And Josh Allen did not play well this week. And the Patriots took advantage of that. Um, going into my fantasy team of the week this week, um, it wasn't great, but it was, it was all right. Um, obviously I had Austin Eckler on there, which I believe was one that I kind of got right. Uh, Devontae Adams I had was one that I believe, um, is another correct one since he had 180 yards receiving. I think he was the highest, he wasn't the highest scoring receiver, I believe, but yardage wise, I believe he was. And I had Christian McCaffrey as a flex. He went off. And Will Disley at tight end um, against Arizona went off as well. Um, A couple of these actually got really wrong. Um, Joe Mixon had a bad night. Julio Jones had a bad game. And the Rams defense allowed 55 points. So not great uh, there. Which I, I think everyone got that one wrong. Um, but I really got it wrong because I picked him in this, and uh, 
They allowed almost 60 points at home. And then I had my fantasy finds for the week. So I just kind of wanted to reflect and see how they did after I told you guys uh, that you should pick them up. Um, I said Gardner Minshew. He had a nice week. I said Wayne Gallman, who took over pretty nicely for Saquon Barkley. That's one that um, I definitely took advantage of because I picked him up and he really helped my team get a win. Uh, I had DJ Chark on there who had a solid week, not the ones that he's been having, but another solid week from DJ Chark. I had Will Disley on there, obviously, who had a really nice week. I had Indianapolis defense against Oakland who did not do well at all. And I also had Zane Gonzalez, who also didn't do well at all and missed two field goals. So not all of them hit, but uh, two of them I think did for sure. Uh, I still think DJ Chark's a good pickup because he's been consistent other than this past week. And even then, he he still had a a nice game. Okay, so with that, let's go into my recap, my full-fledged recap for week four. So I'm going to start with Thursday night. We had uh, Green Bay versus Philly uh, at Lambeau Field. The Eagles came in and stole one in Lambeau over a highly favored Green Bay Packers team who proved me wrong because I said Green Bay was the best team in the NFC last week, and I still think they are. They... They... They shouldn't have lost. They really shouldn't have lost. The The running game for the Packers was terrible. Aaron Jones played poorly. Aaron Rodgers was a great runner in this game, especially towards the end. Ran for a couple first downs. Picked up some yardage when the, the other guys couldn't. But obviously that uh, interception, thrown in the end zone, cost the game for Aaron Rodgers. He pulled one right out of Pete Carroll's book uh, in the Super Bowl that one year, which is... Something I still look back on because I hate Seattle. And I think everyone knows that by this point. <laughs> but, um, no, it was, it was a good play by the linebacker. It was just kind of the how the night went for the Green Bay in a nutshell. Just was right there but couldn't finish. Um, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, my other note from this game was Jordan Howard, the running back for the Eagles, absolutely blew, blew up. He had three touchdowns. Um this is a guy that I didn't think got a fair shake in Chicago at all. Um, kind of overshadowed by Tariq Cohen's success. So they shipped him on out of there. And I, I always thought Jordan Howard was a nice uh, running back. And he proved it this time. He outdid uh, Miles Sanders, who was the rookie from Penn State, who was supposed to come in and kind of get the bulk of the carries. But Jordan Howard, uh, on Thursday Night Football, he showed out, had three touchdowns. I think he's the guy going forward there in Philly. And uh, he definitely deserves it. Uh, my next game was uh, the Redskins and the Giants. And the Redskins, it's no secret, the Redskins are awful. They're probably the worst team next to the Miami Dolphins because it, not only are they a bad team, but the front office is falling apart. I think Jay Gruden's gone after this year, especially with the way he handled Dwayne Haskins in this game, just kind of throwing him in without any preparation whatsoever. The game was already sideways. It didn't help that they threw Haskins in when he wasn't when he shouldn't have been in at all. And Haskins ended up throwing three picks. Um and he only threw he only had nine completions. Three of them, which obviously they don't count, but three of his passes 
went to the defense and uh, Jabril Peppers, who is involved in that trade with Odell Beckham Jr., who I thought was going to be a really good player in the NFL who hasn't really turned out to be all that great. He was in the Heisman discussion the year he came out for the draft. He had a pick six, and it was the first time he's really shown up in the NFL at all. He had a pick six against Dwayne Haskins, so shout out to Jabril Peppers. That dude's a beast. I think he's going to be a stud. Uh, Daniel Jones, he got a win. He didn't play great, considering it's the Redskins. He did not play that great at all. Um, still got the win, so that that that's all that matters, I don't think. I mean, it, he probably played as well as Eli would have played in this game. Um, Wayne Gallman took over for Saquon Barkley, who's out with injury, and they didn't skip a beat there. Wayne Gallman looked really nice, uh, had a couple touchdowns. Really good, solid performance from Wayne Gallman uh, from Clemson. So I think there they're okay until Barkley comes back. If he continues to play like that, obviously it's Washington. But um, as they go on, I think Wayne Gallman can uh, carry the load um, as far as rushing goes. Um, next, I have a really good game, which wasn't supposed to be a good game in everybody else's eyes, I think, was Kansas City versus Detroit. It was Patrick Mahomes' first time in the Dome. Everyone was freaking out about it how he was going to lose his mind, and he threw zero touchdowns. Um, I don't think it's something that, I think it's people that, I think it's something that people are completely, they're just over-evaluating it. I don't understand why. I don't think it's that big of a deal that he didn't throw any touchdowns. Obviously, it's the first time in his career he hasn't done it. It's not like he's falling off a cliff or he's having a sophomore slump or anything like that. He's perfectly fine. It's just he didn't throw any touchdowns. They still won. They still put on a great performance. He brought him back, led that uh, game-winning drive. And if anything sticks out from this game, it's the fact that the Lions, they proved me wrong because I said they're a pretender. I didn't think they were going to be good. I thought they were going to get absolutely blown out at home in this game, and all they did was the opposite. They stayed within a t- with a team the whole way that I think is going to be in the AFC Championship game. And so maybe we do have a solid team in the Lions, but I don't know. Um, I still don't know. They gotta prove it to me more. I think they need to prove it to everybody more. Uh, they gotta string a couple wins together here, um, and then we'll talk seriously about Detroit. We have another guy. Uh, this time it's individual that proved me wrong, which was Marcus Mariota, because I talked poorly about him last week, and I thought this would be the game that Ryan Tannehill was gonna come in and take over for the rest of the season. Maybe not the rest of the season, but the rest of the game. Because I thought Mariota was going to play so poorly against a really bad Falcons team. And he took advantage of how bad the Falcons were and tore them apart. He threw three touchdowns. Uh, H.A. Brown, the rookie from Ole Miss, looked amazing. Just I, th- I thought this guy would be a good receiver in the NFL. And I think Mariota needs to start throwing it his way. And he did this week, and good things happened. Mariota threw for three touchdowns. They blew out the Falcons. And I think Mariota, it's good for him. It's really good for him. It brings it brings some confidence to him. They have Taylor Lewan coming back this week at tackle, so he gets more protection. Uh, Lewan's, I think, a top five tackle in the league. So real, real good um, sign from Tennessee. Uh, it shows life. It shows that Marcus Mariota has life and he can play and that he's not completely all messed up. So... Good job, Marcus Mariota. I'm glad you proved me wrong. I want to see you do well. Moving on. Now, I said last week, Browns fans, do not panic. You're going to be fine. 
You are going to be fine. And they went out and they made, this is a statement win. This is a statement win versus Baltimore, who's the best team of the division. They came out and they took to them. They beat them. And Baker Mayfield looked great. The running game looked great. And it seems like they went back to something that they did last season. And they ran the ball a ton. Nick Chubb had three touchdowns. And Jarvis Landry looked amazing as well. He's been nowhere to be found this whole season. And that could have been also uh, a positive from Odell because he's being the he's the focus. He's the main focus um, going into the game. He's a he's a game breaker. He's a playmaker. They're going to be focused on him, and that brought Jarvis Landry to be open a lot. And he caught a ton of balls and did a great job for Cleveland and setting them up for this win over Baltimore. And that also brings me to. Maybe Baltimore's not as good as we thought, or maybe this was just kind of, you know, a kick in the nuts real quick from from uh, the Browns, and they could show what, what they're capable of. Because now, since they have a tiebreaker with the Ravens at 2-2, two and two, they're at the top of the division, they're now in control. Um, they got to string a couple wins together. Next, they have San Francisco on Monday night in San Fran. I don't think San Francisco's that great of a team. Um, they're undefeated, but I just... I don't see them being good at all the rest of the year. And I think I think the Browns can definitely win that game on Monday night. Um, if they lose, it uh, I don't want to get into it because I don't think if they lose, we'll see. It, it just depends on how the game goes. Um, next, we had the Raiders against Indianapolis. Uh, the Raiders' running game really took over. Gruden's offense really, really... Um, Came through in this game against an Indianapolis defense that I like a lot. Um, Josh Jacobs looked really nice. They had this new kid, Trevor Davis, come in at wide receiver and run for a touchdown. John Gruden didn't even know who this dude was. Um, He had just met him, and he came in, and he ran a touchdown as a receiver for them. Um, Big-time stuff from the Raiders. Derek Carr didn't look great. Um, He didn't really need to. The run game spoke for itself. They got a big W uh, on the road against Indianapolis where Jacoby Brissett looked really good once again, and I've been saying this now for two weeks in a row, that Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback, and I think he's the guy for the Colts going forward. I really do. I think he's their franchise guy, and not a lot of people I think are going to be with me on that. I really think Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback in the league, and I think he can definitely carry this Colts team to a playoff berth if they can string together some wins. I think it's very possible. Because this, de- this this defense is good, the offense is good. T.Y. Hilton's got to stay healthy um, in order for them to flourish on offense. But other than that, I really like Jacoby Brissett. Um, good job from them. They 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 needed to win this game. It was a bad loss, but um, good job by the offense. The offense obviously put twenty four points together. If you score twenty four points, you you're gonna be in the game. So the defense has got to do a better job of holding a, a team like the Raiders who weren't supposed to be a playoff team. Um, and Derek Carr, who has struggled in the past. Um, bad loss from Indy, but it was a good win for the Raiders. They did a good job. They went into a hostile environment, put together a win. Um, maybe it lifts lifts up some spirits in that locker room and carries them going forward for the rest of the year. We'll see. And this is also another thing going into this next game. Um... We have the Bills and the Patriots. 
And I had made a point that I think the Patriots were still going to win this week. I had them as a winner. I picked them um, as one of my picks for the Patriots to win this week, which they did. But I did say I thought the Bills would keep this close. Um, I don't know why I had I had that feeling. They're at home. Buffalo's a hard place to play. And Buffalo did a really good job of keeping this a close game. This is all Josh Allen's fault. Completely his fault. He threw three picks. He looked terrible. Um, got got hurt towards the end of the game on a Bush League play. Um, terrible hit. Shouldn't have been. I, I don't understand how a holding penalty and that offset and didn't even didn't even punish the Patriots at all for just a terrible play. Um, I don't know how there was any. There's no targeting, no ejections, nothing. Um, but hey, I, I don't want to say that's that's kind of the Patriots' way, but it really is. And um, I don't know if that's just the Patriots getting away with something again or not. I don't want to get into that, but. Josh Allen really threw this game away for Buffalo with those deep shots that did not need to be taken. They need to they needed to hold on to these possessions as long as they could and cherish them as much as they could. Because not only is this this Pats defense so good, but they're in the game. The Bills were in this game. They had chances to score and chances to get the lead, and they didn't do it. And they only lost by six. I think the Bills could have very easily won this game and stole one from New England, but they didn't do it. Josh Allen's still a young guy learning. He's He cannot take those deep shots, especially when you have guys like Stephon Gilmore back there and the McCourty twins back there. You can't test those guys because they're going to win nine times out of ten. Stephon Gilmore is a great corner. He he was great in coverage the whole entire day. I really watched this game uh, in depth, and I, I took a lot of time watching it. And It looks like the Bills could have definitely won this game if Josh Allen was just smarter and uh, took less chances. I mean, obviously you need to take chances to win, but not the ones that he was doing, just ill-advised stuff, just chucking it down the field as far as he could, showing off his arm, and it, it was getting picked off. So um, good performance by the Bills, but also bad performance. Their defense played well. Offense was terrible. The Pats defense, once again, was smothering they did a great job of confusing Josh Allen obviously forcing him to take those deep shots that didn't work and that's why the Patriots are the best team in the league day in and day out and I think this past defense is definitely top three in the league this year they've they've really performed at a really high level and um, if this defense can play like this then I don't see how a team like Kansas City can can beat this team because the the offense for the Pats is always solid. They got they got the greatest player of all time at quarterback, and the Kansas City defense is not known for being good, and their offense is really what they're focused on. And this Pats defense can definitely suppress that high octane offense, and I think the Pats would have the advantage now. So there's that. Um, the next game we had the Panthers and uh, Texans. And um, I really thought the Texans were going to handily beat the Panthers in this game because I, I just I didn't see Kyle Allen playing well. He played okay. He didn't throw any touchdowns, no picks. Um, threw for over 260 yards, I believe. Um, he had a good completion percentage too. Um, he really he really leaned on Christian McCaffrey in this game, which they should with that, with a backup quarterback. And he really uh, delivered. And he's the one who really brought this victory. Um, 
back home to Carolina for the Panthers. And this is another game where you look at Deshaun Watson, and I love Deshaun Watson. He's a great quarterback. The dude has no help, obviously, on the offensive line. It's the worst in the league. He's he's getting hit every single play, just absolutely crushed. And I think it needs to be a focus for this 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 team going forward with Bill O'Brien that they need to build this offensive line and build around Deshaun Watson for in order for him to be successful. How are you supposed to score points if your star quarterback can't throw it to probably the best receiver in the league? You're not you you have such a good recipe for success, but yet you don't place the things around Watson for him to be successful. Um, he needs time. He needs time, especially when you need to take deep shots like they've been taking. And if he doesn't have time to actually dissect the defense and throw it deep and make sure it's on target, it, it's not going to work out well. And um, he's getting crushed. So as soon as he snaps the ball and he's trying to go deep, he cannot really see where he's throwing it because he's so focused on getting rid of the ball before he gets hit that there's something going on where it, the offense is not going to produce. And Bill O'Brien needs to see that, and I think I don't think the Texans are a team that can compete this year. They're a solid team, but I don't think they compete this year. If they focus on building the offensive line, they're definitely a playoff team for the next ten years going forward. If they can get a solid, if they, if you know, they've already they've already added Laramie Tunsil. That's a, that's a great step. That's a big step, and they need to keep going down the line and keep building the O line in order to keep Watson healthy and to sustain success in Houston. Because now we're seeing things from Andrew Luck to Cam Newton that you've got to protect these quarterbacks. You just have to. So get Deshaun Watson some help. He's Houston's going to be good this year. Um, they're not going to compete until he has protection. Um, so yeah, I like Houston. I don't like their offensive line. Carolina stole one from Houston on the road. Um, good job by Ron Rivera and the Panthers being prepared once again. Um, and stealing a win on the road. So, uh, next up, I'm not really going to go into the Chargers and Miami game because we all know what the deal was there. Uh, Miami's terrible. Uh, everybody knows that. But, hey, they did have their first lead of the year. So, sound the alarm. They had their first lead of the year. Josh Rosen took him down the field. Uh, they scored a touchdown. Um, took the lead against the Chargers, but obviously the better team prevailed, and the Chargers won by 20 points on the road at Miami. Uh, Austin Eckler went off. Um, Phillip Rivers had a nice game. So better team prevailed. Um, Miami just looks more and more like an 0-16 team every single week. Um, besides this week, it seems like they improved a little bit. Obviously getting a lead driving down the field was good. Um, but I think... I think when you're playing Miami, the teams aren't trying as hard as you would for a normal game, and obviously I think that's why the Chargers only won by 20. I think they would have won by more if they had full firepower going. Um, if they had Melvin Gordon, who knows? But Austin Eckler's done a really good job um, at filling in for Melvin Gordon, so who knows? But Miami's really, really bad. Um, moving on. This was a big game, this Tampa and Rams game, uh, a big shootout. And it seems like we're going to get one of these every single year now with the Rams and uh, Sean McVay 
where there's just a complete Big 12 shootout going on, like it's college football here in the NFL. Um, Tampa got the best of them. They really did. I I don't think anyone saw this. I thought I I really thought the Rams were going to go in there and beat beat the Buccaneers by at least three touchdowns. Um, I think that's what most people thought. But this just goes to show you how good of a coach Bruce Arians is. He got Jameis Winston prepared to beat a really good defense and um, formed a really good game plan, obviously, and put together a great, great win on the road for Tampa. This is not a good team, but this is something that I saw from Bruce Arians when he was in Arizona where there was times where Arizona wasn't as good as um, as they played. Like the, the talent around them was not as good as um, the other team, but yet they found a way to win, and that's exactly what Bruce Arians did here with Jameis Winston and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, so great job by the Buccaneers. Uh, stole one in L.A. Um, we'll see if that continues. I, I don't. I mean, obviously Tampa, I don't see them as a contender, but um, it shows that how good Bruce Arians, how, how good of a coach Bruce Arians is. In Tampa, you guys got to cherish this guy for as long as you can. As long as he's there, he's not going to be there long. So um, hopefully he gets that franchise on track. And uh, you guys in Tampa have you know a good couple of years ahead of you. Um, but with, with Bruce Aarons, you guys are in good hands. You guys are going to get wins that you're not supposed to. And hopefully he fix he, he can fix Jameis Winston. Because if Jameis Winston plays like like that every single week, you guys are... It's going to be a really good team. So there's that uh, with Tampa versus L.A. Um, I have a separate episode for Cardinal stuff every week, which I'm going to get into. Probably tomorrow I'll have an episode out for that. But um, I'm not going to get into the Seattle Cardinals game just because I'll get into that on that episode, so you have to stay tuned for that. Um, I'm going to go straight into the Kirk Cousins just – the game that I thought was going to happen for Kirk Cousins in the in the Vikings against this Bears team. I said last week, this seems like your classic Kirk Cousins, just complete implosion game where he just he, he can't do anything. Now, there was that, but there wasn't the interceptions that I thought was going to happen. There were some fumbles, um, but this Bears defense is just insane. They're... they're such a good defense, and um, they, they once again they proved to be as such. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I I don't know what their problem is. Um, there's so many good weapons around Kirk Cousins, and he just can't seem to string together these good games where you have a receiving core that has possibly the best duo in the whole entire league with Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Two amazing receivers that can't seem to get the ball enough. And Adam Thielen um, complained about that. He, not directly about Kirk Cousins, but just the fact that you can't run the ball every single game and win a lot. And he, you can't. Dalvin Cook's a great running back. He's one of the best in the league, especially this year. He's, he's really taken the next step. But... Teams are going to, obviously, it's going to get figured out quick. That all they're going to do is give it to Dalvin Cook and not throw it. Because they're scared to because of the quarterback that they have. And um, I don't know what they need to do to get that going. I don't know what Kirk Cousins has to do. 
<laughs> you guys, you and you guys in Minnesota are stuck with this dude, money-wise for years because you paid him all that money to be average and to not make you contender. I I really don't I I don't know what his deal is. You have weapons like that, and he just can't utilize them. I don't know what it is. You have Kyle Rudolph. You drafted Irv Smith Jr. this year. You have Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs. I, I don't know what else What else this Minnesota front office can do to put more talent on the field for Kirk Cousins for him to succeed. I, I really I, I don't know. I, it's all Kirk Cousins. It's all Kirk Cousins. And he proved me right because last week I said this would be the game where it seems like a classic Kirk Cousins game where he just he, – he doesn't know what to do. He looks lost. And the Bears defense killed him the whole game. And Minnesota only comes out with six points. And the Bears don't play well either. They lost Mitchell Trubisky this game. Um, Chase Daniel came in. Played really well. And it, it, it begs the question, even with Mitchell Trubisky out, who was really struggling, maybe Chase Daniel is the better option for for right now, while Mitchell Trubisky heals and he figures this out, because beforehand Mitchell Trubisky looks really bad, and um, Chase Daniel, who's a really solid backup, um, came in. He he played solid. He was he for a backup. He played very well, and uh, it led the Bears to a victory over Minnesota at home. So um, really good performance by the Bears defense. Minnesota, you guys are in trouble. You really are, because there's no way you're making it out of that division this year. And I don't know what else you're supposed to do at this point with all the talent that's on your team. I don't know what else you can do to set up Kirk Cousins for more success than you already have. He's just not he, he's not executing it. And um, because you got Green Bay in that division, the Bears, and now the Lions, who have emerged as this undefeated team, are not undefeated, but they were undefeated previously until this week. And you guys are sitting there... And you haven't found your identity yet. And um, it's not looking good for Minnesota. For, for a team that was just in the, the, you know, in the playoffs two years ago. So, we'll see. We'll see. Um, as far as that goes, moving on, uh, we have... <laughs> we have Minshew Mania once again. Uh, <laughs> Carter Minshew leads... The Jacksonville Jaguars to a victory in Mile High. Comes back, leads him down the field. Not to mention this dude's hurt, and he was hurting bad towards the end of that game. If you saw that on that last drive, he was limping around like crazy. And it seemed like a, he, he could hardly walk. And yet this dude drove all the way down the field, set him up for the game-winning field goal. And Jacksonville once again with Gardner Minshew wins the game behind his spark um but also with with that um the broncos are a team that that's really struggling really really struggling especially on the defensive side of the ball which is supposed to be their strong suit um they they haven't forced a turnover once this year and uh it's getting worse and bradley chubb was announced today that he's out for the year with the torn acl so that's another big blow to the defense. Um, and Bradley Chubb was, obviously, he's one of the best young players in the league already last year. He was a beast, 
rookie out of uh, North Carolina State. And um, he only held Von Miller, and now Von Miller's going to come back to that those double teams that he can't get off of. Even though he's Von Miller, he's going to find a way. But double teams, obviously, really hard to get around. And Bradley Chubb, you know, got rid of that element in his game because if you double team Von Miller, here comes Bradley Chubb screaming around the corner, and he's going to knock your quarterback's head off. And they don't have that now, so. I don't know. Denver Denver's not a good team. They're going to be picking in the top five this year. I don't know what they do with that top five pick. I I, I don't see them taking quarterback since John Elway. You know, it seems like he's really stubborn with who he picks as a quarterback. And he took one this past draft in Drew Locke. I personally don't see him as a franchise quarterback. But we don't know what they have in him yet because they haven't had a chance to play him. Because they have Joe Flacco as a starter. And Joe Flacco's not great, but he's not terrible, so they haven't really given him a reason to ride the bench and bring Drew Locke in. So we don't really know what we have in Drew Locke yet as a member of the Broncos. Um, but that's a team that's really struggling. Um, I don't know. For, for for Broncos fans, it's just look towards the future, I guess. I don't know what, what else to really say. Um, I mean, you guys just lost to a, a good... A fifth round quarterback, a fifth round rookie quarterback, um, or sixth round. I, I'm not sure. It's fifth or sixth. I get both of them confused um, with him. But a, nonetheless, a late round rookie quarterback. He's played really well, but it's a late round rookie quarterback, and your defense is supposed to be the strong suit of your team, and uh, just couldn't pull it out at home for some reason, and. Um, so there's that. Minshew Mania lives on. The Minshew magic is still in Jacksonville. And they're just going to ride this horse till, <laughs> till it passes out, man. Um, <laughs> so far, it's been a great pick. Really great pick. And I mentioned last week, I just feel bad for Nick Foles. It just brings it back to my mind again how, how bad I feel for Nick Foles. Because if Gardner Minshew continues to play at this high of a level, I just don't see him being the starter. And that also sucks for Jacksonville, too. But at the same time, it's good because you found your franchise guy, maybe in Gardner Minshew, but you also have to pay Nick Foles or however many years to be the backup um, or trade him away or whatever, but you still got to pay him for now um, as he sits on the bench. So next up, I have the Saints and the Cowboys who played on Sunday night in a defensive battle for whatever reason, with two teams that have really good, who who both play offensive football, that's the, that's their strong suit. And Dallas got a nice wake up call after having a really soft schedule. Um, they got a nice wake up call from Teddy Bridgewater and the Saints, and uh, they were stifled. Dak Prescott came back down to earth. Ezekiel Elliott had one of his worst games as a, as a pro, and. Um, the Saints defense played really well, and I, I thought, I said last week, you know, I mentioned that Marshawn Lattimore had allowed the most yards to a receiver as a corner in the league so far. And um, he he held Amari Cooper to, you know, a pretty uh, subpar game. So the Saints defense held strong, allowed 10 points, only his put up 12 they didn't even score a touchdown in this game it was all field goals but that's all they needed to beat this team um t- with Teddy Bridgewater at the helm 
I think you're looking at four more weeks of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, I think Drew Brees takes it all the way to that bye to get wit. I think I th- I think he can come back for the week against Arizona. I think that's the target date. But at this point, I think you're winning with Teddy Bridgewater. Why would you want to risk getting Drew Brees even more hurt um, by giving him an extra two weeks? Because after that Arizona game, you have your bye week, and then he can come back and play after that. And uh, so their next four games, I have Tampa, Jacksonville, Chicago, and Arizona. And in those four games, I think they can go three and one. Um, I see them beating Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, and Arizona. I don't see them beating Chicago with how Chicago's defense is, defense is playing right now, especially um, it's at Soldier Field. So I don't know how that's going to turn out. Um, they could very well go two and two, I think, as well. Um, and I think any of those games are, are any of those games you can lose, I think, especially with the way Tampa just played against the Rams, the way Jacksonville has been playing. And I think Arizona is capable of pulling together a, uh, an upset win. Cause it seems, it just seems like someone's going to get kicked in the mouth and, um, shock them. Um, it seems like that that Cardinals offense can do that. I, I really do think that, and I'm not just being biased because I'm a Cardinals guy, but I think they're capable of pull, pulling off an upset win. Um, so I think if you go 3-1, and one, you're sitting just perfect for Drew Brees to come back and take over again. You'll be sitting at 6-2. and two. You're in prime playoff position. Just ride him out and um, win that division from there because the, the, that division's pretty weak as of right now. So... Um, yeah, so I think the Saints are going to be perfectly fine. Um, I thought beforehand they'd be okay, even with Teddy Bridgewater. I like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, a lot of people were down on him, but uh, it, it seems like they're going to be just fine. You go 3-1, and 2-2, one, two and two, the next four weeks without Drew Brees, you'll still be fine. Um, you'll be at 6-2 and two if he comes back after those four. And um, from there, I think you're going to the playoffs because after that, you can easily clock in the Saints at 12 wins. Um, next up, oh, also, actually, I'm going to go back to this, too, from that game. I said last week, I said last week, both Green Bay and Dallas were the two best teams in the NFC, and they both lost. So I don't know who the best team in the NFC is. I'm going to go out, I, I'm, I'm still going to say Green Bay is up there, and I'm, I'm still going to say Dallas is up there, but I think the Saints have now overtaken Dallas, because the Saints were already up there as it, as it is. And they beat Dallas. So I say the tiebreaker goes to the Saints. Packers, Saints, best teams in the NFC. Book it right now for week four. Moving on. We had Cincinnati and the Steelers last night. And I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I didn't watch this game hardly at all. It was a horrible matchup. Winless teams facing off. Um, I had Cincy winning this game because they played so well against Seattle, who is a good team. And Mason Rudolph has played so poorly but if this game proved anything, it's the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals are so bad. This is such a bad team. They made Mason Rudolph look amazing. And Mason Rudolph has looked horrible since he's taken over for Big Ben. He only had four completions or four incompletions and threw for two touchdowns. And Cincinnati's now the worst rushing team in the league. I keep saying Joe Mixon's going to go off one of these weeks, and he hasn't done it, and he's not going to. It doesn't seem like this offensive line for Cincinnati's terrible, and they can't protect Andy Dalton either. 
Cincinnati's bad. Um, you have a lot of bad teams in the NFL this year. I think your bottom three are definitely Miami, Washington, and Cincinnati now. And the Steelers aren't good, and they destroyed Cincinnati on a national stage. And I think as long as the Steelers run the crap out of the football like that, I've been with James Conner and Jalen Samuels, and even Benny Snell, who I think is another really solid running back, that's what's going to happen to you. And um, if they keep doing that moving forward, I think the Steelers are bad, but they're not... They're not terrible. I think they can easily win five or six games still the rest of the year because they're the Steelers, and they're a great organization. They'll find a way to win um, a couple more than people think. But (laughs) Cincinnati at this rate, man, they just lost John Ross, too, for a couple weeks. Already don't have A.J. Green. The offensive line looks terrible. The running game's awful. Andy Dalton's not good. Um... They're going to be riding with the top three pick in the draft this year, I think. So, um, Cincinnati's in a really bad spot. All six of your fans, I'm sorry for you guys. Uh, good luck. Good luck. Because I don't know who your quarterback's going to be. I don't know who's saving you. Um, in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh will be fine. They'll end up finding their way. Um, obviously not going to be a playoff team or, um, in contention for a playoff spot, but uh, they're the Steelers. They'll find a way. They always do. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for my week four recap. Um, I'm going to go into my fantasy finds of the week. Holy, what was that? What just happened? I, I need a sip of water. I, that, I, I apologize. That was quite the crack there. Anyways, my fantasy finds of the week. Um, I picked one out at quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, kicker, and defense like I did last week. Um, I hit on two of them, I think, last week. I think two were hits. Um, At quarterback, I have Teddy Bridgewater. Um, They're playing Tampa this week, who allowed 40 points from the Rams. And 500 passing yards from Jared Goff. So I think Teddy Bridgewater's a nice... uh, If if you have an injured quarterback or a quarterback who's struggling, you need to find someone to throw in for a week before you make a trade or something of that. Um, Or you're waiting for someone to come back from injury. Teddy Bridgewater, pick him up, throw him in this week against a Tampa defense that just gave up 500 passing yards. And 40 points. I think that's solid. Especially with a guy that's, you know, thrown to Michael Thomas. Um, at running back, I have Jordan Howard, who I think is going to take over the reins of Philadelphia. So why wouldn't you have a number one running back on your team? You have to. It, it, I don't know why you wouldn't. Especially a solid one. And Jordan Howard's perfect. Um, you got to pick. You, he's got to be your first priority, though, because he's going to get scooped up really fast. He's already owned by a solid amount of um, owners. Got to run in and pick him up quickly. Same with my wide receiver one. That's Golden Tate, who's coming back from suspension this week. And you also need starting receivers. If you need a starting receiver, you can plug Golden Tate right in because he's going to line up along with Sterling Shepard. And I think Golden Tate's even the number one in that case. So why wouldn't you have a number one wide receiver? Um, throw in Golden Tate. Got to scoop him up quickly. If you, if you need a receiver, that's your guy. 
Um, my tight end this week. Basically, it's going to be a knock on the Cardinals every single week because I'm going to keep saying it because it's driving me nuts as a Cardinals fan. And I'm just going to help all of you more by just picking the starting tight end for whoever's playing the Cardinals. So in Cincinnati, it's Tyler Eifert. And he used to be an elite tight end. Um, He's hardly owned anymore. And mark my words like I did with Will Disley. This week, Tyler Eifert will all of a sudden look like the guy he did a few years back. He's going to lose his mind. He's going to have a touchdown, maybe two. He's going to have a solid amount of receiving yards. If you're in a PPR, he's going to have probably six receptions or more. So pick him up. Um, My kicker, I did this last week too. It's Zane Gonzalez. To be honest with you, I don't know why I I, I had him last week. I really don't. Um, he missed two field goals. Obviously, it's it wasn't because he's a bad kicker. It's because he had a new holder um, for last week. Um, he's probably going to get used to it now. And this Bengals defense is absolutely awful. So, um, And their red zone offense in Arizona is pretty rough too. So look for him to be, the Cardinals to be scoring a lot. So extra points will come in. And if they aren't scoring the red zone, field goal opportunities equals more points for Zane Gonzalez as your kicker. Um, If you need to plug in a defense for this week, my defensive pick is the Eagles. They've struggled in the secondary, but they're playing the Jets this week. And Luke Falk, who didn't throw for 100 yards last week, pick up the Philadelphia Eagles defense. If your defense is okay, if your defense is maybe even considered kind of good, but if your defense is and if your defense is bad, you have to pick up the Philly defense. If it's okay or somewhat good, consider it because you can't go wrong. You're gonna get points guaranteed from this defense this week because of how bad this offense is for the Jets. Um, but anyways, that is gonna wrap it up for this week's episode. Um. This was the second segment of this episode. This was just the recap of week four in the NFL. Um, Tomorrow, probably looking at a Cardinals-themed episode. And don't hold me to it, but maybe by the end of the week or beginning of next week, I'm going to start the Suns edition the Phoenix Suns edition um, of a themed episode for them, for their upcoming season. So look for that coming very soon. Phoenix Suns themed episodes, uh, Cardinals episode maybe tomorrow. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening once again. This was episode two, um, week four in the books. I will see you guys on the next episode. Peace.